0: Welcome to talking talkies Billy is on suspension because he's been phoning it in lately
1: Yeah, Billy Robinson is just the worst right now What's up with that? So he's been suspended he's, And he may be wished well in his future endeavors
0: I don't know I mean, we he pops up on like all the other shows So I don't know if we could do that I don't know
1: but this is the show where we talk talkies, and that is yeah. Chris, and I am Dan, and yes. it's Talkin' Talkies. Yes, this is Talkin' Talkies, and today we're going to review two movies with the name Tron in them. That's right, guys. This is Tron Week. So here it's, on. um,
0: Follow Cybertron? No, wait, that's a video game, not, not a movie.
1: Oh, no, it's, uh, ah, Tron, the movie. And its sequel, Tron Legacy, which came out 20 years later. Yep. (laughs) But uh, they good. No, 30 years later. Ooh. I thought about that for a second. I'm like, no, 2012. No, 2010. Almost 30 years later, this movie came out. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yes. But... So
0: let's start with Tron.
1: Yeah, why not? All right, so here is the story of Tron, 1982. Basically, the movie is about this dude named Kevin Flynn, played by Jeff Bridges. Uh, He owns this arcade called Flynn's, where he beats everybody at all the games that he, unbeknownst to them, created. And owns all the high scores and everything, and he's this big expert. But uh, here's what's really going on here. He actually designed these games for a company called Encom. And their engineer, Ed Dillinger, stole his ideas. And because of that, he kept giving himself all these promotions until he finally took over the company. So, yeah, it's a... it's, it's almost like an espionage story. Like, we went from James Bond to Tron. It's like, wait a minute. There's actually a lot of scummy things that happen in this movie, too. Yeah. So, Flynn's going to try to hack into... Yeah, he's been
0: trying to hack into the yeah. system. But he keeps on getting stopped by the Master Control Program.
1: MCP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> and he, uh... He's uh, he's basically what he is is he's an AI, he's an artificial intelligence, but uh, he it's always learning, and now it's become power hungry. Yeah, holy crap! <laughs> it wants to take over the Pentagon yeah. and the Kremlin. Like it's
0: uh, it's getting a little out of control here, and he needs to get Chinese translation because he's planning something there
1: too. Yep. So basically, so so the whole thing is oh, wait, you know,
0: Dillinger is the freaking. TGRI guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> and he is
1: in one of the Star Trek movies. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, the Master Control Program blackmails him. So, uh, while, while all this is going on, uh, F- Flynn actually decides to sneak into ENCOM. And he's got two recruits here. He's got Flora Baines, which is his. Ex-girlfriend Yes And Alan Bradley
0: Who just got locked out Because of Flynn's attacks Yep He's been locked from the system He's trying to create Tron Which is like a, a Kind of like an antivirus Kind of thing going on Yeah That's his program Here we Yes And here it is Tron Is A Like Secondary character In its own fucking movies <laughs>
1: So true,
0: though. There's a character named Tron, and he is not the main character. He's probably not even the second main character. And in the and and we'll talk about the next movie too, where he's like fifth or sixth tier. (laughs) He is,
1: uh, but he fights for the users because he's a program made by a user. Exactly. But um, Alan and Laura keep telling him that every. Every time that you try to hack into this program, the security tightens. So Flint's just now like we can't all right. even do our jobs. So you gotta yeah. either stop or
0: just finish it once and for all. And he's like, I'm gonna finish it once and for all.
1: Yep. So he's just like, all right, let's uh, let's sneak in. So they get in through the obscenely big door <laughs> that barely opens wide enough for someone to walk. <laughs> That's a big door. So he um he basically forges his own high security clearance. We're and not level seven, level six. is level seven's locked out. Yeah, and he uh he gets into the system, but Master MCP program is like, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Kevin Flynn. What and are you doing, Dave? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Someday we'll we'll do 2001. <laughs> Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> so uh, Hal CP over here. Oh, we uh, didn't mention it because the
0: girl has been working on a laser that can digitize real life objects and put them in the system.
1: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's kind Scott of important pointed right at Flynn. And he's like, you want to play games, pal? Let's play some. All games. right. Let's play some games. And then comes the cool scene where he gets completely digitized. Into the grid, which is basically this living world where the computer programs live. Now, a little bit of this... this, The rest of this movie takes place in a computer. Yes. So, a little bit of a backtrack here. Um, Right now, the uh, Master Control is basically running everything, but there's another program named Sark. And he looks surprisingly like Ed Dillinger. There's a reason for that, because it's his program. And he's like the... He's basically the puppet here. You know, he's in charge. It's like but he's, he's not the, in charge. He's the king, but the but the control program's god. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um and you start learning a little bit about what they're doing with all these other programs. Like they capture this dude named Crom who was, you know, some like accounting program.
0: Yeah, and they're turning him into a game program.
1: Yeah. And then uh and there's also RAM. We meet Ram, too. Ram is, uh... Ram, Ram doesn't have a human counterpart, right? I don't think any of them do. No, he doesn't. But he basically, he was an insurance program that was repurposed to play these games. And, uh... When Flynn gets in here, he is actually forced to fight Krom. But... He doesn't want to. They have, like, they have the disc battle scene. (laughs) The the high-lie game. (laughs) Yeah, which is pretty much what it is.
0: They bounce it off the ceiling, and then if it hits the the ground, that ring disappears.
1: Right. So, uh, basically what they're doing is they're trying to get everybody to renounce their belief in the users, because the users are considered gods, because they created all these programs. (laughs) And MCP wants them to all, you know, be part of his master plan.
0: His plan is to make Flynn play games until he dies in one of them. Pretty much, yeah. That's the plan.
1: Um, So he's, uh, well, he doesn't want to kill Krom, so they pretty much just kill him for him. (laughs) Yeah, because he because he has him beat, but he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to kill a helpless program. So, they're like, all right, cool. We're just going to take the floor out from him. He also meets he meets Ram for the first time, and Ram kind of gives him the the story of what's going on. And he also meets Tron, who of course looks like Alan Bradley because that's his program.
0: His program,
1: right? And he does have his own program in here who is cruising around in tanks. His program's called Clue. Codified likeness utility. Yeah, uh, but he was he was deleted in the big, like opening scene, right? Yeah, he's not around right now. Well, you, you think he is? He'll come back. Not in this movie, but he'll come back. He'll be back. So Tron, Ram, and Flynn are forced onto the light cycle grid, which of course is like the the really cool highlight of the movie. Because a lot of the technology they were using in 1982 was like house-building technology, and it was the first time some of this stuff was being used. In fact, because of the use of computers in this movie, the Academy Award disqualified it for special effects because they decided that using computers was cheating. LOL. Yeah, we all see how that did. So... They play their little light cycle game, they win, and then they escape onto the mainframe. They escape through a hole of one of the bad guys crash through. <clears throat> and of course, this is where Tron gets separated and uh, Ram gets mortally wounded. And that's when he kind of like professes, you know, my user, you are my god. This is also the part where Kevin Flynn learns something very important. Since he's a user, he can actually manipulate the reality of the digital world because he created it. So this is going to be a big thing happening here. We also meet Yuri, which looks a lot like Laura because it's her program. Oh, and they're in love, IRL and in the digital world. That's to be kind of awkward for Flynn.
0: Yeah, especially when she (laughs) kisses him like (laughs) her.
1: So um, you get all the instructions, and they're communicating with Alan exactly how they have to destroy MCP. So they get on the solar sailor. I love all the cool stuff that they put in here. This is to get to the core, but Sark actually destroys the sailor and captures them. So, of course, Sark's like, all right, that's it. Destroy the ship. And Flynn's like, no, because I can keep it alive, because I can. And stuff. Oh, he doesn't also- they think
0: Tron's dead because yeah. of the, when the sailing? What they have to do is, what's it, uh, you, they went to that guy, right? <laughs> and he got, he. Dumont. Yeah, and, the, and Tron yeah. spoke to Alan, and he got the special code to destroy the Master Control Program, and it's in his disc. Which is just a Frisbee with some tape
1: on it. Yes,
0: the dish.
1: <laughs> So he goes to, well he arrives to fight the Master Control unit and he's doing he can't counter it because he's got those big shields that keep flying around him and I like how he's basically just a spinning face And he, he defeats Sark Yeah, but then Master Control Panel's like, nope, here's your power and Sark becomes a giant
0: Because he has the ma- he, he is like a physical manifestation of the Master Control program now
1: Pretty much, yeah But we distract him long enough so that we can get the disk through. Oh, because Flynn dives right into the data stream. (laughs) Yep, because again, he can. Computers. (laughs) This is happening inside our computer right now. Yeah, right now. Like, the, the podcast we're recording on right now, this is what's happening.
0: There's a human that's been digitized jumping into a data stream.
1: So, of course, with all this, with all this happening, Flynn gets back to the real world and he gets this nice little printout that gives him all the evidence he ever needed.
0: It just says he created the game. Yep. It's just totally like, you know. It's something yep. you
1: could, I could type up in a word processor and print out right now. Yeah. <laughs> when Dillinger tries to go back to his office, it's just like, uh-oh.
0: All the Master Control program does is, is it shows that printout.
1: Yep. And oops. And it publicized everything, so, uh. Flynn actually takes control of Encom. The movie ends with his first day as CEO where he arrives on the building in the helicopter. See ya. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And what that does is that leads us into Tron Legacy which came out in 2010. So, again, long time after this movie came out. And now we're learning that Kevin Flynn has a family. He's got a son named Sam and he's Basically telling him everything about the grid, everything that ever happened and how, yeah, man, I got in. And now he's like, because Jeff Bridges is like super hippie and super Zen, they just incorporate that into his character all of a sudden. But uh, he's telling this son a bedtime story. And when he goes to his office, he disappears. And Encom kind of turns into shambles now. This happens in 1989, seven years after the events of the first film. So now it's 20 years later. His son is the primary shareholder. And he really doesn't give a crap about the company. Besides to troll them once a year. Yeah. So they're going to roll out their new their new software, and he sneaks into the building and uploads a picture of his dog, or a video of his dog in his place.
0: As he uploads the OS for, on the internet for free, yep. Which is what his father would have wanted,
1: exactly. Because they're uh, they're you, you realize in Flynn's absence that Encom is now a money grubby company.
0: Yeah, because was well, is, is it, uh, yeah, because Alan was was in charge for a while, but then they ousted him.
1: Right now he's just a he's just a member of the board, and, and maybe Dillinger's, Dillinger's son. Yeah, which is scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, oh. <laughs> uh, which is scarecrow. So uh, after Sam pulls his little stunt, he parachutes off the top of the building and gets caught by the cops. And you can tell that this is uh, this has happened a lot because he knows the guy by name. Hey, oh, hey, Sam! Here's your here's your bike back. So he goes back to his little place, which he's basically living in like a warehouse. It's like it's a garage. Yeah, basically a garage in the water. And uh, Alan's there and he's like, so uh, I got paged. He's like, wow, you still rock the pager. Your father told me you never get rid of it. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: okay, yeah, and I never did. He told me to sleep with it. And I do. Well, the page came from his dad's office at the arcade, even though that that whole place just isn't operational anymore. And the and phone like,
0: line has been out, has been out since like his dad disappeared.
1: Yeah. I was like, what do you think I'm going to do? Just find him sitting there working. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be something? So of course, with his curiosity, he goes over to the arcade,
0: which is now in like a rundown
1: bad neighborhood. Yeah. And I love when he turns on the power in the eighties music powers on. Oh, freaking separate ways. Yep. And then as he's
0: going through the building it switches to sweet dreams. Yep.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> he uh he's like, Alright, screw it, I'm gonna go play some Tron. And then he realizes that there's a room behind the arcade machine, and he finds this secret lair that his dad used to hang out in. And he's like, well, What are you working on? This computer program.
0: Oh, and the lasers in the in there.
1: Oh no, not the laser. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention because I wanted to give the throwback when he snuck into Encom and he opens up the door. It's the same door. He's like, that's... A yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the a great, big door. All the great throwbacks. I also I also forgot to mention when it, uh, Flynn's telling his son the story in the beginning of the movie and he has, like, all the action figures and he's got the Tron one, he actually hums the overture from the original movie. Those are, like, the two throwbacks I wanted to throw in there. Well... Sam finds a computer, starts typing a bunch of stuff, and gets himself on the grid. He gets zapped by the laser. Oh. So he gets, of course he gets immediately captured, because they're all out looking for rogue programs. They're either going to rectify them to be part of something greater later in the movie, or they're going to put them on the game grid, which this one dude is panicking over, and then is so panicked over these games that he kills himself. Oh, yeah, by jumping off a cliff. (laughs) cliff. Uh, So Sam goes, he gets his identity disc, and they do the entire identity disc speech from the first movie. Attention, program. This is your identity disc. Everything you think, everything you learn will be on this disc, and if you lose it, you're going to get derezzed. So he, of course, now, of course, because this is 2010 versus 1982, the entire world is huge now. It's not just, you know... Kind of very cool 3D effects, but still kind of flat at times. This time it's very, uh, very open, very sleek. Oh,
0: because, you know, I they realized that they could do this a lot more, uh, with practical effects than they could <laughs>
1: 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my, one of my friends, uh. Dan, you know, and Roman Starman actually has stated that this is probably the sexiest movie ever made. (laughs) Sexiest movie. (laughs) I always love that quote because it's a very sleek movie. So Sam is put on the game grid. He's doing the the disc battle, which is the same one that his father had to do in the first movie. And he uh, doesn't want to do it, so he tries to jump out, but they make him fight Rinsler. and I remember figuring this out right at the beginning and there was only like a few other people who did everybody else got shocked at the big reveal but watching it back to back I realized why I knew because I watched this movie again before I saw the sequel and I was like oh well I Rinzler is not who you think he is but he's basically he's the orange guy and orange is bad and blue is good. It's how the color scheme works. I
0: also like how things change their color based upon who's at who is doing it. So like like later when they steal the the plane, it changes the color of yeah. the plane changes.
1: Something yeah, I was, like I got to kick out of that too. So cool. So um they they, they have their little battle and he realizes he has two disks and that has to be cheating. Yeah, because <laughs> he's trying to pull his apart. He's like, "Oh, come on, man! Is that anything? See, didn't I go- didn't
0: realize it then, but when later, when uh, you know, when somebody ends up with two discs, that's when I put it together. Right when
1: we do the, <laughs> we'll do the flashback scene. But uh, Rinzler realizes Sam's actually a user because he sees his blood. He sees blood, so he takes him to see Clue, who is 30 years younger, Jeff Bridges. Which they did a really good job at this, like,
0: because uh, the first time I saw this stuff was that the uh, X-Men 3 with the younger Professor X and Magneto, and it was not good. <laughs> Those effects were not good, but this one's much better. There was only a couple of times where I was like, "Uh, yeah, that that doesn't look so good. And that was like when he was yelling during speech part. Right. And that's what I was like, oh, yeah, nope. With his mouth wide open, you
1: can totally tell it's totally not real. <laughs> Yeah, but it's pretty it's still pretty cool effect that they do. Of course, Sam thinks it's his dad, but he realizes, nope, he's actually Clue and his dad is uh, still missing. And Clue is going to do the same thing that Master Control was going to do to his father. He's going to make him play games until he's dead. So he puts him on the light cycle, which has been up to five players instead of three. And is ma-
0: and is now three-dimensional. There's different
1: oh, yeah, there's roads, levels, there's and- loop-de-loops, there's... Oh, it's so crazy. It's so cool. So, of course, like right at the beginning, um, two of the blue team members are killed. And oh, then- I
0: also like that he went like end of gladiator mode. He's like, fuck this, I'm just going to fight him right now. Right away, it's, <laughs> it's him versus Clue in the first freaking battle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But I also, you know, I also got a kick out of was uh, when he first gets the, the bike, it's just a little stick and he thinks it's a sword. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, I'll give you a hint. Not that. He's just <laughs> swinging it in his hand. And then he realizes that it's the control rod for the bike. He's like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, that's uh, a that, that's a uh, clues little little right hand man, Jarvis, not to be confused with the other Jarvis. But uh, oh, he's, that guy, uh, he's on a Gotham. <laughs> yeah, but th- this dude, but this dude's a total ass kisser and a coward. Mm-hmm. That's like his whole his whole thing. He's just like the whole time. Every time he says something to Clue, he's like, "Am I doing a good job? Did you like what I said? Did you like how I said it?" Like, dude, all right.
0: Well, he's worried that he's going to displease him and get derezzed.
1: <laughs> well, well, foreshadowing. So uh, they do their uh, they do the light cycle battle, which is a really cool scene. Watch it, which you should have done if you're already listening to this. But watch it because it's awesome. You do the gimmick. Yes. It's so good. And uh, we realize that someone's been watching this whole time and she interrupts the game and orders him to get in and then takes out the rest of the bikers. Like, come with me if you want to live. Yes. (laughs) Get in. What? Get in. Damn it. then Uh. (laughs) they escape from the arena, which is another one of my favorite moments where it's like, oh, we're not going to make it. (laughs) They land on the outside, made it. And that's when we reveal that it's super hot Olivia Wilde. Yeah. As Cora. And she's telling them, don't worry, everything is going to be explained very soon. She takes him way off grid because the other guys can't follow and brings him to this weird house in the mountains where this dude is meditating, and that's when we realize, oh my god, it's Kevin Flynn, he's alive! Flynn lives. Flynn lives, indeed, which was the promotional material for the movie. So, now he's got to tell him everything that's happened, why he never came home. Because, Alan kept telling him earlier, he's like, two days before he disappeared, he came to my house, and he said he had cracked the code, and all this other stuff, and he had done it. Why would he leave that behind? Well, see what happened. Here's was, the story. <laughs> yeah, so he he, had, he created Clue to be to create the perfect world. <clears throat>
0: so the idea was is that between Flynn, Clue, and Tron,
1: they would create the perfect system. Right. And uh, Clue took that to be something he thought would be the perfect system, which was well, to eliminate- they meet the Isos. The Isos show up. Right, which this is, is when Clue is like, oh, these guys are too unpredictable and too yeah. powerful. Fuck these guys. Because they're because the ISOs are a new kind of coding that's sci- has all kinds of scientific breakthrough implications to it. And they can't be controlled. Yeah. So he uh, creates the Great Purge. He creates genocide, wipes out the ISOs, and uh, this is when you see Tron with the two discs and you're like, Huh? If you haven't made the connection by now, you probably will by this point. So, yeah, so this all happens when Flynn's about to go
0: back into the real world. And he's walking back with Tron and talk about what they're going to do the next time. And then that's when Clue shows up and he's like, hey, you still want me to
1: make the perfect system? He's like, uh, yeah. And then that's when the coup happens. Yep, pretty much. Um, We're led to believe that Tron is killed during this, but he actually becomes repurposed. Which is like, oh, man. Which which is is a big thing later. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So uh, the whole point is that Clue wants Flynn's master disk because that's the master disk that will take you in and out of the portal. And the portal's finally been opened again. Right, because it can only be opened from the outside. Because once the portal shut down, Flynn was stuck inside the system. He couldn't get out. And, of course, nobody knew where he was because he was in this hidden room in the back of his arcade. So there was no way to find him. And it only stays open for about eight hours our time. Right. So now the big problem is. What do we do? <laughs> how do we how do we uh, get the hell out of here? Well, Sam wants to keep, take him out of here. But Flynn says, no, this is too dangerous. Clue it's is better if we just stay here the whole time. Right. Because and, and we're both stuck here forever. Because if Clue gets out. Who knows what will happen. And the whole time he keeps saying, oh, he sent that page. No, I didn't send a page. Clue sent the page. The whole point was to get you to open that portal. He's been planning this for a long time, and you can tell later on when they ride the sunrail and find the army. But first, Sam wants to get out to the portal himself because his father's not going to come with him, so he's just going to go find Alan, and I'll wipe him out with one keystroke.
0: Yeah, he'll just delete the entire...
1: Yeah. So, uh, Cora puts him in touch with a guy named Zeus. Zeus. You gotta find Caster. You find Caster, you find Zeus. And of course, played by Michael Sheen. Hilariously played by Michael Sheen. Yeah, it was really well done. Oh, my God. It was funny because, like, when this came out, this was right when uh, the Twilight movies were happening, and Shannon made me see all of them. So I was like, that's the Voltori guy. Like the lead guy, the really flamboyant guy. I'm like, wonder how he's going to be in this movie. And he just plays the same character. Like the exact same character, even with the same little, like, gay little prance that he does. And now he's a master of sex.
0: Because <laughs> that's the show he's on Master yeah. of Sex.
1: Yep. With my girl, Lizzie Kaplan. So he runs this club called the End of Line Club. It's the tallest tower in the city. And he's going to help Sam escape. Or is he? Or is he? But yeah, but that's his thing. Like, he was an ally back in the day, but he plays all the sides to keep himself important. Because so, he's been around since the beginning. Right, so he calls in the security team. And, you know, they the revolters are fighting back. Cora shows up. There's a fight. She loses her arm while Daft Punk just ups the tempo. (laughs) Literally Daft Punk. (laughs) Yeah, literally Daft Punk. And uh, this is when... Oh, this is hilarious because that's when Zeus
0: starts dancing and, like, shooting his cane off and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just
1: having a great time watching this happen. He's up on top of the stairs dancing (laughs) and But then... uh, Flynn shows up, and he's controlling everything because he can. And pretty badass. He just, like, kneels down and touches the floor, and then, like, everything changes. <laughs> yeah, and the, uh, the revolters gain control. They take out all the bad guys. But Wright was there about to get on the elevator. Flynn's master disc gets snatched. <laughs> and then Zeus blows the guy's head off, and he takes the disc and does, like, the little prance away, <laughs> which made me laugh so hard. Um, and, of course, takes out the elevator. So They're plummeting you know, just, to their death. What does Flynn do? Oh, I'll just bring up the master program and recalibrate mm-hmm. the elevator. Slow the elevator down. <clears throat> so now it's all over, son. You fucked up. Yeah, You done
0: fucked up good.
1: So they escape on the light rail while uh, Clue, who actually has found where Flynn was living because they found his old light cycle... Oh, Which, yeah, the one, yeah, the one, is, it's, it's an old design, but it's still the
0: fastest on the
1: grid. Yep, the vintage one. So they trace it to its place of origin, and that's when he, like, so now he's going after Flynn, he traces him back to the, to the club.
0: Oh, my favorite scene we <laughs> forgot, because they're looking at all the, all the books, and then she says that her favorite is books by, by Jules Verne, right? And he's like, do you know Jules Verne? he's like, yeah. And she's like, what's he like? And I was like, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know Jules Verne? Yeah. What's he
1: like? <laughs> so funny. So, uh, she did Clue such goes- a good job in this movie. <laughs> ah, she, did, she did an amazing job. Clue goes back <laughs> to the club and discovers, and this is when we find out that uh, Zeus had a plan all along. He's going to give Clue the master disc so he can get out, and then once he does, he's like, I want the control of this city. <laughs> He'll be in control of the... Yeah, so he's like, sure, you can have that. And then on his way out, blows up the club. d Zeus. And and, ge- and Gem. So, escaping on the light cycle, this is when we learn that Cora uh, is actually the last iso. And Flynn was protecting her this whole time. And they kind of do their little... Flynn
0: goes into the program and he's like, I don't know how to take care of this virus. And then he just pulls it out a minute later.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I also like when they're catching up and he's telling them about all this stuff that's happening. He's like, you know, oh, there's war in the Middle East and all this other stuff. He goes, oh, and there's Wi-Fi. What's that? Wireless interface between technology. Oh, yeah? Came Came up with that in 85. (laughs) Came up with that in 85. (laughs) <laughs> but when they uh, This is when they find the uh, Like the army The army recruitment thing out Because
0: <laughs> they realize they're not actually They're actually not headed for the Where they thought they were They're being stopped And they right. realize that That their little light train
1: Is full of Inactive programs that have been caught And wiped Right And there's like programs from the first uh, The first time Sam got in there that are in there. It's like the same people. So they're just like, so that's what they're doing. They're repurposing them for an army. So Cora formulates this big plan, takes off her disc. Which was ingenious. Right. Is great. She takes her disc off and puts it on and gives it to Flynn. Right. And then she uh, purposely gets herself captured. She gets captured by a guy with two discs. Yep. Rinsler, and this is when Flynn recognizes that he's Tron. What did they do to you? So, of course, this is when he's given his little Nazi speech, and uh, Sam sneaks in and starts taking out all... Jarvis is the last one between him and the Master Disc, and he's just like, all hail the users. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you f- you little puss. Steals the Master... Con- steals his father's Master Control Disc, fights off Rinsler, saves Cora, and this is when Clue comes in, and all, all that's left is, is Tron and Jarvis, and he looks at Tron, and Tron looks at Jarvis, and he's like, oh, death to the users, but he just slights his throat. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, we have the awesome uh, the light plane scene, where they're okay. all going after the plane, and uh, Sam's in the turret. Cora does her sweet moves. This is another great scene you just gotta watch. And then, of course, comes the babyface turn when Tron keeps thinking about how uh, he saved Flynn back in the day. And then he takes out Clue by saying, I fight for the users. And then he, <laughs> he kamikazes this plane into his plane. Yep.
0: But as they're falling, Clue yeah. steals his control his
1: control rod and starts another plane up. Yep. And last time we see Tron, he's in the water. And right before he fades away, his turns uh, blue, he turns face. (laughs) He makes his face turn and sinks. Sad moment. So, of course, Clue is waiting for them at the portal, which is what he expected. And, uh, you know, the whole thing happens where. All right, we're going to fight him. We're going to take him out. And that's when you realize that when he goes to take Flynn's disc, he realizes he's actually got Cora's and Cora's. Has- yep. So the whole plan is that Sam and Cora will escape into the real world, and the only way to stop Clue is to oh, I forgot what they call it. They but they have to oh uh, reintegrate, which will kill both of them. But and like destroy the, only- the entire system too, pretty much. Yeah. So that's what Flynn does to save his son and let them escape. He sacrifices himself. Sacrifice. And that's, that's it. Clue's gone. And we realize uh, the, last, the last thing we see of the grid is Sam downloading it onto a flash drive and putting it around his neck. And then he decides, you know what? I'm taking over the company. And Alan, you're the chairman now. Oh, because Alan's at
0: the place. Cause- yeah, because he
1: caged <laughs> him. Because
0: he hasn't. Because now all of a sudden Sam's been gone for like a day.
1: <laughs> yeah, you paged me. Yep. And then he says, "What were you write about?" I we write about everything. And uh, the last thing he does is take Cora in the real world out to see a sunrise because that's what she always wanted to see. She's like, "What are we gonna do next?" And I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, she is human now. I assume that comes. <laughs> I, I would assume that comes with human implications. <laughs> implications. <laughs> <laughs> so the Tron movies. All right. So here's when I first saw the original Tron. I will be the first one to admit I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I didn't. I I felt Mad Maxian about it. Yeah, like I. It's like the the movie you have to watch to get the background to really get the next movie. Right. But the thing is like the first time I watched it I just I didn't really care for the pacing. It's like an hour and a half movie but it felt so long to me and I was just like, "Man, I just I, I appreciated it but I wasn't a big fan." And then when I found out that the sequel was coming out, I'm like, "All right, I'm going to give it another watch." And on the second watch, I'm like, "Man, I really liked it this time. I didn't feel all that same stuff. Like I didn't feel the pacing issue or anything." So then I watched it again like the day before I went to see Tron Legacy and I just loved it. I'm like, this movie is just great. You know, I've seen it a few more times, obviously, but, like, by that point, it was just, I'm like, this movie is friggin' awesome. And then I really, really (laughs) liked the sequel. In fact, I dare say I liked it better than the original, which I know is almost... I liked it way better than the original. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like almost way blasphemous to say that to like hardcore Tron fans, especially because Legacy has such a negative reputation among film fans. But I think it's really, really good. And I think it's I think fun. they both have like the same score on IMDb. It's like a six, eight they have yeah. The same score. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So here's some cool trivia about the Tron movies. We'll start with the original. I've already said, yeah, computers is cheating. Just like, oh, yeah, oh, this is a good one. So, when Jeff Bridges put on his original Tron outfit, he had too much of a bulge, so they forced him to wear a dance belt so he would conceal it. God. Dick's too big, boy. Uh, If you go to the Tomorrowland area of Disneyland, you can actually play Space Paranoids right at the exit to Space Mountain. You can also play the Tron Arcade game, as well as Fix-It Felix Jr., and if you look at the high scores, they're all held by FLN. Wow. Um, and of course, which, which, <laughs> which is always my favorite my favorite stat, to inspire the actors, they actually created real arcade games, you know, of the Tron game and the Space Paranoids and everything. And who was the best at them? Who else? Jeff Bridges. In fact, when it was time to shoot a scene, he he had trouble getting away from the computer. Oh, man, I don't want to come on, guys. I don't want to shoot right now. I fucking hate the Eagles, man. Yeah, we could actually do like a Jeff Bridges month. There were a couple
0: of times in in Legacy where I was like, that's the dude. (laughs) That
1: right there was the dude. Yeah. Sam, you're messing with my Zen thing, man. Or when he uh, he breaks out after he steals the disc and it's just like radical, man. Yeah, there are a couple of times I see that too. My favorite part
0: when he was when, was when he was like the grid really tied the room together.
1: Yeah. So of course, uh, the space paranoid's game that Flynn's playing <coughs> has this remarkable resemblance to 3D graphics game engines, which wouldn't be invented for ten more years. Oh Lol. Well. <laughs> yep. And even though the film was considered an initial failure, the arcade video games based on it proved to be a tremendous hit and outgrossed the entire movie.
0: I don't imagine there's a lot of a lot of versions of Toronto
1: over the years. Yeah, there's actually um, there, there's almost a, uh, a Technicolor thing going on here. All the computer scenes were shot in black and white, and then they were colored later with photographic and rotoscopic techniques, which I think is pretty cool. All right. Um, In Tron Legacy, that crowd that you hear at the beginning of the disc battle, well, that's actually a recording of the audience during the presentation at Comic-Con for Tron. (laughs) (laughs) So Olivia Wilde learned all of her stunts on her own and then found out her character was going to wear high heels, so she had to relearn all of her stunts in heels. Uh, Olivia Wilde is the only actor in the film who's actually playing a program who doesn't wear contact lenses for their role because of the natural intensity of her eyes. They hot. So
0: she's so hot that she didn't need to <laughs> wear <Yes. so. clears throat>
1: Um So they're, in the scene where they're standing over the board game and Cora mentions to Sam that she can rarely beat Flynn at it, Oh go? It's, the game, it's the game Go, right, it, which is notoriously difficult for computer programs to play well because even like like chess where they can beat the best players, the best Go computer programs only manage to reach intermediate amateur level. So that's probably why he did it, so he could always <laughs> almost always win. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges made a quip while he was being scanned for his CGI effects. He's like, hey, this happened to me in the first movie. And, of course, we already mentioned Daft Punk's little cameo. Um, the production for Tron Legacy was 64 days, but post-production took 68 weeks. I believe it. <laughs> uh, so that's some pretty cool facts about the movie. There's, there's obviously a lot more that you guys can check out, but those are what I always consider the best ones. Um, and I'd be remiss to answer if I didn't mention that there is a hidden Mickey in Tron Legacy. It's the security camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks like a Mickey, which second time I was just like, oh, yeah. OK. Oh, here's another cool fact. Um, the whole time in the movie, when you hear Rinsler, he's always making like a purring or clicking noise. That's supposed to be because of his corrupted and changed data. And when he's sinking into the water and he turns from orange to blue, his purring goes away because his corruption is gone. Ooh. Uh, the whole reason why Edward Dillinger II was put in the movie was because they wanted a hint at a possible sequel. But from what I understand, the third Tron movie has been put on hold, possibly indefinitely. And that's very disappointing, because I would certainly like to see another one. Was it Uprising, right? Uh, No, that's the TV show. There was actually going to be like a third movie. TV show, as far as I know, is still going on. All right, so, yeah, like I said, first movie, first time, didn't care for it. Got better with watches, and that's actually the same thing with Legacy, except that I loved it the first time I saw it, and every single time I've watched it thereafter, I've been like, holy crap, this is amazing. And that hasn't changed at all. And that pretty much sums it up when it comes to Tron. Tron. Really, really good stuff. This this movie made me a fan of Daft Punk somehow. I like the few songs I've heard. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm not a, a huge techno guy, but this soundtrack is amazing. I have it on my iPod, and I play it quite frequently, actually. In fact, it's on my regular playlist rotation. At least, not all of it, but some of it. Whatever you think, Dan?
0: Austin? I did the Mad Max.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that sums it up. Um... Next week, you guys, we're going to do something called Goodfellas. You ever heard of that movie? Goodfellas. Goodfellas is the greatest Joe Pesci role of all time, which is saying something because Joe Pesci's got awesome roles. I'm saying he's fat. No? Jeez. But yeah, so uh, Goodfellas is going to be next week. And then after that... Guess what? We're going to do Christmas stuff because it'll be after Thanksgiving, which means it is appropriate to start watching Christmas movies. Although, really, you can watch Christmas movies whenever you want, but that's when we're going to start. And what are we going to start with? A little tradition called Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon style. That's right. That's gonna be I'm just warning you guys now it's probably gonna be another really long episode because I'm gonna rec- I'm gonna cover every part of this movie. We're gonna do every joke. Oh my God, every joke <laughs>
0: every single joke and it'd be fun. but again next week is the Goodfellows
1: indeed and then national Lampoon's Christmas vacation. on behalf of the departed Billy Robinson, I am Chris that is Dan Oh no he's not dead. Well, no, but he has departed. I don't know. Maybe he'll be back next week. Wrong, we'll see wrong Scorsese movie. <laughs> we'll get to that one, I'm sure. All right, then. We will see you guys next week. Bye.